اللہ تعالیٰ ٹھیک سے قسم بائی دا ٹین نائٹس مفسرین ایکسپلین دا ٹین نائٹس آن وچ اللہ تعالیٰ ٹھیک سے قسم بائی دا ٹین نائٹس مفسرین ایکسپلین دا ٹین نائٹس آن وچ اللہ تعالیٰ ٹھیک سے قسم از ریفرنگ ٹو دیز ٹین نائٹس دا فرسٹ ٹین نائٹس آف ذوالحجہ اللہ تعالیٰ از اصدق القائلین اللہ تعالیٰ از دا موسٹ ٹروتھفل دیر کین بی نتھنگ دیٹ کین ایور بی ڈاؤٹڈ ان دا ورڈ آف اللہ تعالیٰ But yet, Allah Ta'ala is taking a qasam. So what is the purpose of the qasam that Allah Ta'ala takes? So Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam to highlight the importance of something to us. That we are very weak. We are insan. We get to understand the importance of something. We take it with greater feeling. And therefore, these ten nights Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam upon. Wal-fajr, wal-ayalin ashr. The one aspect to think about is that these ten nights that have come which have these very great virtues in it and similarly other occasions that come the year wherein there is some special virtue, special significance. Is this just haphazard something just by the way? Or is there some thing for us to reflect upon? Otherwise, in the system of Allah Taala, the virtue that is in these ten nights could have been somewhere else or could not have been there at all. But Allah Ta'ala displays this virtue. And what virtue? In one hadith, Nabi Wasallam says that there is no action at any time of the year, any other day, which is more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the good deed performed in these ten days. The Sahaba Ikram were taken aback such great virtue the entire year and these ten nights Nabi Salaam is saying that there is no action more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the action performed in these ten nights in these ten days so in their heart and mind there wasn't anything greater than jihad this is something where a person gives the ultimate sacrifice finally lays his life down he goes not knowing whether he's going to come back so they inquired walal jihadu fi sabirillah No action is more beloved to Allah Ta'ala at any other time like the action performed in these 10 days. Not even jihad in the path of Allah Ta'ala. So Rabbi Islam said not even jihad. Meaning jihad in other times can't equate the amal and action of this time. إِلَّا رَجُلٌ خَرَجَ بِنَفْسِهِ وَمَالِهِ Except that person who leaves with all his possessions. He goes himself taking along all his possessions And then he doesn't return. His life is sacrificed and all his possessions are spent in the path of Allah Ta'ala. He can equate the virtue of the person and the reward of the person who has made some amal in these 10 days. So such a great action, such a great time, such great virtues. Allah Ta'ala is blessing this ummah to this virtue. So is there something for us to reflect upon? Something for us to think deeper? Why is this being given to us? Allah Ta'ala alone knows His wisdom best. Who can fathom the depth of the wisdom in the ahkam and the virtues that Allah Ta'ala has given? But one of the things that comes to mind is that these are signboards that where are you headed to and where should your direction be? Like a person is now in one direction in life. 
how can he multiply the dunya? That is his one direction in life. Morning to evening, that is his purpose in life. He has made that his day and night. He has made that the be-all and the end-all of his life and his existence. Now suddenly the month of Ramadan comes. Look, there's something else in life also. Take this great virtue. Make some toba istighfar. Come back to Allah Taala. Which direction you are headed in? There's your road. Then the month of Ramadan comes and goes and barely sometimes the day of Eid has passed and the person even forgets that Ramadan was here just now. And then suddenly life has gone back to how it was before Ramadan. Again the person is in all the places he had made Toba from. Again the person is in all the actions that he had cried over that Ya Allah please forgive me I won't do this again. And now suddenly he's gone back into everything. And again it seems like there's no other object in life but to make merry. So out of his infinite grace and mercy Allah Ta'ala again brings another opportunity. That look, such great virtues. This is your direction. This is your earnings. This is your real earning. The other earnings is very temporary. Very, very temporary. Something that either you are going to part from it or sometimes it will part from you while you are around. But this is elasting. This is the offshore investment that there is no fear of any loss in. And this is the real direction. So these signboards keep coming. Out of His grace and mercy, Allah Ta'ala has given us these signboards. And these signboards are such that it just not just gives the direction, but gives an incentive to take the direction also. One is that the signboard is just saying, take this road. But there's an incentive. Take this road and so much for you. If you take this road, you don't have to pay any toll fees on this. You'll get paid to take it. Normally there's a board that this is a better road. But then you would pay to use the better road. And sometimes you go to really pay for it too. People talk about that previously what it cost them to go from Durban to Johannesburg in petrol. Now it costs more than that in toll fees alone. So now you go to pay for it. But here you have been given the signboard. This is a better road. And here's the incentive to take it. In one hadith it is mentioned that the 10 nights at the 10 days, the first 10 days of Zul Hijjah, the first nine days, obviously the 10 day, there is no fast. Not permissible to fast on the 10th of Zul Hijjah, it's the day of Eid. But each of the first nine days, the fast is equivalent to Siyamu Sanatin, equivalent to the fast of one year. Each night, each day's fast equivalent to the reward of fasting for one year. And the ibadat of each night equivalent to Qiyami Laylatil Qadr. Equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. Such great virtue. One of these riwayat, Hazrat Sa'id ibn Jubair, rahimahullah, he is one of the narrators. So it is mentioned about him that when these 10 days would come, he himself narrates the hadith, when these 10 days would come, he would exert himself to such an extent that it would not be possible for anybody else to be able to match him in any way. He would exert himself in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala to such a point that others couldn't even imagine trying to match him. Now imagine at that time, what kind of people were present in that era. And they couldn't imagine trying to match his amal and his deeds. So what was the extent of his exertion? Because they understood the incentive. And they knew the direction. 
and they knew the yak they had the conviction of that this is the real investment this is where the person is really going to be investing so these opportunities allah taala out of his grace out of his mercy gives us for us to take from the treasures of allah tbaraka wa taala and this is the appreciation of these nemats when a person is given some worldly nemat then he truly feels some thing that mashallah i've been given something he feels grateful about it but more than that that too is a nemat more than that is the nemat of deen more than that is those things that will become the everlasting investments of the hereafter so this is something we should make shukr about and the real shukr for it is that we take this opportunity and try to do something now for example person can keep some fast if not all and if he cannot keep all cannot keep some also at least he tries for the 9th of zulhijjah the day of arafa that has an additional virtue additional virtue which nabi sallallahu mentions that it is a compensation for the sins of the previous year and the forthcoming year kafiru sanatal lati qablaha wal lati ba'daha the year before the year after what a great virtue so some one or two days few days at least at least the 9th of zulhijjah it's nafil it's not farz it's not wajib but this is something for us somebody is not able to fast is ill he's old etc is a different issue person has the ability should try and then the ibadat of the night we are not in that capacity that we perform maybe the whole night ibadat but some ibadat some little time at least if not more than a person before going to bed two rakats nafil with the niyat of qiyamul layl at least some little bit of tasbihat some zikr some dua some tilawat for a few minutes maybe not even we didn't even spend more than half an hour to spend even less than that too but something that at least we were part of this and allah taala out of his grace will grant us inshallah in the hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam addressed the sahaba ikram and he said to them that if you omit one tenth then this will be enough for your destruction one tenth obviously not of farais but meaning of the overall things farais wajibat there's no question of leaving that out a time will come when the ummah will do one tenth allah taala will give them the full reward and that will be sufficient for their najat and salvation so this is obviously nothing that can be brought into the aspect of farz and wajib that a person now uh, performs one namaz and he says one tenth out of the five namazes i made one this 10% 20% in fact so i did more than one tenth so that's enough for me so that obviously is not enough the farais the wajibat the sunnat e muakkada we can't compromise on but in these extra ibadat nawafil one tenth also if we try for inshallah we'll get the full reward of it so this is something that we need to try and focus towards try and get the maximum that we can then the day of eid comes the ibadat of eid the greatest ibadat of that time is the qurbani itself nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that there is no amal on that day more beloved to allah tbaraka wa taala min ihraq ad-dam and causing the blood to flow slaughtering the animals of qurbani and together with that all the lessons that we will take from it which we have discussed on previous occasions but this is the entire reminder of the 
lessons that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam left for the ummah. And Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was given the command, وَاتَّبِعْ مِلَّةَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ حَنِيفًا You also follow the millat of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So in relation to this one ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes this in some detail, some of the lessons that he gave. Ibrahim was sent down to a nation that was steeped in idol worship. The Quran Sharif describes this. He asked his father, his people, his nation, what, what do you worship? Now this was posing a question not because he didn't know, but to open their minds, make them think. One is to just tell a person something. The other is ask him so that when he answers, and he'll come to a point where his answers will take him to the reality. So this was to try and make them think for themselves. What do you worship? So he says, well, we worship these idols. This is where we, uh, and this is where we spend our moments of worship. So then he asked them another question. هَلْ يَسْمَعُونَكُمْ إِسْتَدْعُونَ يَنْفَعُونَكُمْ أَوْ يَضُرُّونَ you saying you worship these idols. When you call unto these idols, do they answer you? Do they hear you? Can they hear what you are calling to them? So you are praying to them. Have they ever heard anything from you? Or can they benefit or harm you? That a person now has some problem, the idol came to help him out. In fact, the Sahaba Kiram, after they had forsaken all this and come into deen, on some, some occasions they would sometimes start remembering the past and they would talk about it that subhanallah how Allah Ta'ala has blessed us and we have been favored now that we are out of all these kind of things and they would sometimes reminisce and even laugh about it one sahabi then one day in such a discussion said that I was on a journey so on a journey you got to take your idol with so he said I took my idol but the idol was made out of dough flour so now on the journey it happened all the food got finished now I was hungry what do I do? So eventually there was nothing else. So I died love. So he said, this was the way we conducted ourselves. That this was what we regarded one moment as our God. The next moment it became our food. And what the end result of that is, is obvious also. So this was the foolishness. But Allah Ta'ala, out of His grace, took us out of this. So Ibrahim wasalam, is bringing the same reality to them. Can these idols benefit or harm you? So when this question came, now this was the reason for asking the question, that make them think for themselves. So they pondered for a moment, obviously they would have thought about it, and there's no answer to it, because the idol has never helped anybody, the idol cannot harm anybody. So there was no answer for it, but when a person has no answer, but is not prepared to accept the truth, then he'll still have to make some answer. If he's got no answer, but he doesn't want to accept what the reality is, he'll still have to make some answer. So what was the answer? Well, our forefathers were doing the same thing, so we're doing it. Now, outwardly it seems that this is something that, well, at least alhamdulillah, it doesn't apply to us, that's what it seems. So this ayat of the Quran Sharif doesn't apply to us. Allah Ta'ala's fazal, he saved us from idol worship. We're not bowing down to any idol. We are not worshipping some cow, Allah's fazal, Allah Ta'ala saved us from that, or some tree, or anything else, life is. 
we are worshipping the creator of everything. So this ayat doesn't apply to us then. But if a person takes this approach to the Quran Sharif, then some ayat applies to the Yahud, doesn't apply to me. Some ayat applies to the Nasara, not to me. Some ayat applies to the idol worshippers, not to me. In this way, a major portion of the Quran Sharif, Nawaz Billah, will say it doesn't apply to us. Whereas everything applies to us. Everything in the Quran Sharif applies to us. But we have to reflect upon it. That one is bowing down to some idol, that is obviously the worst form of shirk. But sometimes there are lesser idols. Sometimes there are lesser idols. That a person submits to, a person becomes subservient to. And Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the Quran Sharif. Have you seen that person who has made his desires his deity? That has become an idol. For somebody, wealth becomes the idol. For somebody, fashion becomes the idol. The fashion dictates it. Now, for example, something is in fashion. So now, if a person who is a follower of fashion... You tell him to do something apart from that. Everybody is wearing a certain style. Now there's a function. Now this person tell him, no, don't wear this. You wear something else. He says, it looks stupid. I'll look like a fool in there. And six months later when the style is out, now you tell him to wear that which he wanted to wear to be part of the, to be looking right. Six months later, tell him, wear this. It's brand new. You didn't wear it last time. He said, no, it looks stupid. So six months ago, if he didn't wear it, it was stupid. Six months later, he wears it, it's still stupid. So what is the stupidity in it? The stupidity is the following of that fashion. That's the foolishness. Now that's an idol. Now there's no reply to that. There's no answer to this. Why does a person do it? Everybody is doing it, so I got to do it. That becomes the idol. Everybody is doing it, whether it is right or wrong, that doesn't matter now. What the the direction in which the current is flowing, whichever direction is flowing, you've got to be part of the direction. You've got to be part of the flow. For somebody, the sports becomes the idol. That directs the person's life. The Muslim is calling Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. But he's stuck to where he is. He's glued to looking at what he's looking. Whether he'll be sitting in a place now where somebody is drinking next to him and there's somebody half naked next to him, but he has to go. All that can be ignored. All that can be uh, totally just overlooked. Because how can he miss out on this? Everybody is going. I must be the only one getting left. The same thing. Everybody is doing it. We got to do it. The Quran Sharif is, is addressing us. That these people worship these kind of idols. This was their end result. But Ibrahim did not fall into that. He number one made them open their own minds. Look, this is totally foolishness to the highest degree. Something that's lifeless, something that is of no benefit to you, cannot harm you in any way. These lifeless objects you are making your deity. The Quran Sharif is now addressing us that we should be looking within ourselves. Are there idols within ourselves? And these idols need to be cleaned out and we need to come to the complete purity of the oneness of Allah wa ta'ala.
Ibrahim والسلام, after he made it plain to them and they had no answer and they gave this kind of answer that well everybody is doing it so we got to do it Ibrahim والسلام, then made the open clear declaration Antum all these things and all your idols and all whatever you and your forefathers are following I'm on the opposite end of it these are all my enemies I'm on the side of Allah Ta'ala sometimes a person feels that I'm alone we're never alone we are never alone because a person who is refraining from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden and the whole crowd is on one side but he is with Allah Ta'ala he is making sabr at that time. The distraction is pulling him also. The temptation is pulling him also. He is making sabr. Sometimes somebody is even taunting him. Somebody is passing some remarks. Well, you became the most biggest Sufi of the time and the Wali of the time. It's good for everybody else. You're the only one is not good for you. And at that time, he's bearing all that. He's broken hearted. But in that moment, that is this moment where inna Allah ma'as-sabirin. Allah Ta'ala is with him. We only understand that this ayat for the person who has been afflicted with some calamity, it's there as well. The person who makes sabr in that condition. It's more applicable in this situation where to stay away from haram and to fulfill the command of Allah Ta'ala, a person adopts sabr. As-sabr ala ta'at. As-sabr anil ma'asi. Allah Ta'ala is with him. And his heart broke. People passed comments on him, taunted him, teased him, broke his heart. Then, أَنَا عِنْدَ الْمُنْكَسِرَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ The hadith of Qudsi Allah Ta'ala says, I'm with the broken hearted. Allah Ta'ala is with him. Oh, Hazrat Wala Daun Barakatum gives the example that if the one, some animal in the jungle, the lion says, I'm with you. And all the monkeys are now taunting him. That Look, we are 1,000 here. And you one alone with the lion. That animal will say that your 1,000 is not worth anything. This one lion's one raw, just now all your 1,000 will be over. So the numbers don't matter. Numbers don't count for anything. What counts is where the reality is. Allah Ta'ala is the creator, the sustainer, the nourisher. Ibrahim then brings this reality to them. All these things are enemies to me. Illa Rabbal Alameen. Alladhi khalaqani fahuwa yahdeen. That Rabb who created me. And he guides me. Walladhi huwa yut'imuni wa yasqeen. He feeds me and gives me risk and sustenance. Not idols. And nothing but Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Not a person's job. His profession. His business. His occupation. Nothing gives him risk. Nothing sustains him. Nothing provides for him. Only provider is Allah That is why sometimes a person cannot even sign. He is a person who has to put his thumbprint. And the person is a millionaire and billionaire sometimes. And many a person with the CV is so long that the paper will run out to print out his CV. But the person is without a job. It's hunting from here to there. One person left from South Africa to go and live elsewhere, overseas somewhere. So about seven, eight months later, I met his brother, asked him that, how's your brother? He's gone now, he's settled. He says, no, make dua, he still hasn't got a job. I said, what do you mean he hasn't got a job? Because he was a very highly qualified person. He said, no, he's so highly qualified, nobody's ready to employ him. 
He's so highly qualified, nobody's ready to employ him. And for him to now accept a post that is lesser than his qualifications at a lower salary is beneath his dignity. So he's without a job. Seven, eight months have gone, he's still without a job. There's many jobs available, but it's not for him. So he's still walking, walking and turning as they say. So this is from Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. That risk, the sustenance, is not our effort. It's not our intelligence. It's not our scheming and planning. Allah Ta'ala's doing, Allah Ta'ala is a provider. So Ibrahim Islam is bringing this reality to us. When I'm ill, he grants me shifa and cure. Shifa and cure is not from anything. Ilaj is sunnat. So the niyat of sunnat, ittiba'i sunnat, a person will undertake the ilaj and the treatment that is within the limits of shariat. Now the person has some difficulty, some problem, and some treatment he's doing is not coming right, something else. Now the person starts doing anything and everything. Whether it is within the limits of deen or not, somebody starts telling him to do this and that, and some amil who is got no, no line with deen, now he's suddenly in everybody's bus here and there and everywhere, and doing anything and everything, getting to the level of shirk, Ibrahim is giving us this lesson that yes, Ilaj is in the level of sunnat within the limits of deen, but shifa comes from Allah Ta'ala alone. And life and death is from Allah Ta'ala also. Nothing can give me any harm or benefit me in any way. Everything is from Allah Ta'ala. Ibrahim walked against the current. The whole community and whole nation is going in one direction. And he's swimming against the current. He took up the challenge. Because he wasn't prepared to compromise on the on what the reality is. So what was the next the consequence of this? That the consequence and then finally it comes to a crunch. Finally, it comes to a crunch. But a person has to persevere. And when it comes to that point too, he perseveres. Then the next step is Allah Ta'ala opens the doors. So Ibrahim Salatullah remains steadfast. He made it clear, I cannot come anywhere near this shirk, near this idol worship. And this is my way of life. This is what I believe in. My focus is towards my Rabb alone. So now when there was no answer and they could do nothing and they had no logical reasonings to give, now they said, just throw him into the fire. Build a fire and light a fire and throw him in. But even up to that point, Ibrahim is steadfast, persevering. Whatever my Rabb has decided for me, that is what will happen. So when he persevered up to that last point, what was the end result? When he persevered to the, to the crunch, Now the command of Allah Ta'ala came. Our problem is, before we even made any effort, we are waiting for the fire to become a garden. Whereas this dunya is dunya after all. It is a place of test. So we want to be given the certificate before even sitting for the exam. We haven't even sat for the exam. We must ask for afiyat. We mustn't ask for any tests. But there are some tests with our, which are with us all the time. How does a person use his eyes? He's being tested day and night. What does he look at? He's in the privacy of his home. He's got his phone in his hand. What is he going to? That internet is switching on. Where is he gone to? That newspaper is in front of him. What is he looking at? It's all tests. 
person is in his business morning to evening, there are tests coming in various forms. The person is at home, his akhlaq is being tested. How does he speak? How does he conduct himself? Aisha radiallahu somebody asked her about Nabi sallallahu how was he in his house, inside, indoors, what was his con conduct? She says, what are you asking about Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa He was forever smiling, making everybody laugh also. And among the most soft nature of people. Now this is the akhlaq of Nabi Now a person is in the four walls of his home. He finished making all his friends laugh outside. And he finished making everybody else see what a wonderful character he's got. Now he's come within the home. Now his character is being tested. Now he's suddenly become a lion. And he's roaring his full. Because all outside he was holding everything in. So that's a test. Now these are all tests. Now we want the certificate that we passed before even writing the exam. Before even showing that we have done the test. So we should all, all the time ask for afiyat. Don't ever ask for any test. But these tests are with us all the time. The test of our akhlaq, the test of our mu'amalat, the test of our mu'asharat. And obviously the rest of it is also part of life. These are all things that we have to fulfill. Our ibadat, our faraiz, our wajibat refraining from guna all the time. So this is the lesson Ibrahim wasalam, left for us. And this is that command Allah Ta'ala is giving Follow this way of Ibrahim That when the test comes, you remain firm. And when you remain firm, sometimes they'll come to the crunch. And they'll be that like everything is going to cave in. But then Allah Ta'ala will open the door. Allah Ta'ala turned that fire into a garden for him and made it cool and salamati for him. So this is that same lesson we have to imbibe, we have to live, we have to carry forth in our life, every aspect of our life. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a short while. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayil khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah 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 La 
ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم رکا الحمد کلہ و رکا شکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثنان علیک انت کما اثیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہلو ربنا غلمنا انفسنا و اللم تخفر لنا و ترحمنا لنکوننن من خاسرین رب اخفر و ارحم و اعفو و تکرم و تجاوز عما تعلم انک انت العاز الاکرم اللہ العالمین یا اللہ ہماری تمام سب کی گناہوں کو معاف فرما یا اللہ پوری پوری مغفرت فرما یا اللہ forgive all our major and minor sins یا اللہ grant us a توفیق of engaging ourselves correctly in these مبارک days یا اللہ let us take the maximum benefit of these مبارک days اللہ العالمین یا اللہ save us from living 
indifferently in this Mubarak time. Ya Allah, save us, Ya Allah, doing all those things that we have been doing previously, Ya Allah. Give us a tawfiq of Ya Allah. Ya Allah, engaging ourselves in a way that you will be pleased with, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all the entire, Ya Allah, the sins of the entire Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the suffering from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the suffering from the Ummah, Ya Allah. All those that give them shifa'i kamila, ajila, mustamira, daima. Allah knows by giving shifa'i kamila, ajila. Throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, remove their suffering, Ya Allah. All those who are in difficulties and hardships, remove their difficulties, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah begged for, Ya Allah, we are also begging for all that. Ya Allah, whatever Nabi sought refuge from, Ya Allah, we are also seeking protection from it. Allahumma ina nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka min nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم 